Hello and welcome to another episode of the Work Less Live More podcast with me, your host, Tanu Thomas, founder of the Live360 brand. And today I'm here with a podcast talking about the mother wound. Now I've done a podcast episode about this before in a previous iteration of this podcast, so I will put a link in the show notes, but I'm sharing some new, well not necessarily new, but some deepened thoughts and observations about the mother wound, uh, thoughts and observations that are impacted by, influenced by, underpinned by, informed by um, my experience as a social worker, my experience as a coach, and all the things I love to do learning and training about. So uh, for those of you that don't know, the mother wound refers to the emotional pain and trauma that can result from a dysfunctional relationship with your mother. And it can manifest in various ways and affect your sense of self, your relationships and your well-being. And in this episode, I'm going to explore the nature and effects of the mother wound and uh, share some strategies for healing and growth. Because in my experience as a coach, whether it's one-to-one in groups delivering workshops, I note what can be the mother wound and how it impacts personal growth. So before I get into all of that, what is the mother wound? Well, it's a term coined by psychotherapist Bethany Webster to describe the inner wounds and limiting beliefs that can arise from a mother-child relationship that lacks nurturing, validation or healthy boundaries. And this can include um, experiences of neglect, abuse, abandonment, enmeshment, or other forms of emotional or physical harm. The mother wound can affect both men and women, regardless of your age or cultural background. It does not discriminate. And it can have a long-lasting effect on your self-concept, your mental health, your emotional well-being, your relationships, and sense of purpose. It literally can have a 360-degree impact on your life. And a lack of nurturing validation and healthy boundaries is emotional neglect and it can create codependency by causing you to seek validation and emotional connection from others in unhealthy ways because there's going to be a part of you that is constantly trying to get the unmet needs from your mother-child relationship. You're going to be trying to get those unmet needs met by other relationships. And when somebody experiences emotional neglect, they may not receive the emotional support and validation in the way they need from their primary caregivers. And I want to emphasize that it's not that your mother and primary caregivers were not trying to care for you, were not trying to meet your emotional needs. Sometimes there's a gap in what your caregiver is able to provide and what you actually need. And as a result, you can end up feeling a sense of emptiness, loneliness, and low self-worth that creates a big void that feels like it can never be filled. And you know what, to be perfectly honest, there are some elements of that void that will never be filled. And I'm sharing that with you because I want to move away from this notion, from this thought that we will get to a point where we're completely healed. A healing journey is a lifelong journey, but it doesn't need to hold you back. And it doesn't mean because there are parts of you that will remain unhealed, that you're not whole. You know, your wholeness isn't um, conditional. It's not based on whether or not you are quote unquote healed. 
And when we hear about neglect, it can conjure up uh, images of the worst types of abuse. But again, I want to stress that not having our needs met in and of itself is neglectful and is not necessarily the result of uncaring parents. It is impossible to completely meet the needs of another person, even as a parent. Even we can't meet our own needs, all of our own needs. And I'm thinking about um, Dr. Shafali, I can't remember her last name. She does a lot of work around parenting and with all of her experience as a psychologist, as a parent, as somebody that does a lot of work with people about um, becoming conscious parents, she is constantly talking about the ways in which she has been unable to meet the needs of her child and the way she has to constantly grow her awareness and her capacity so that she can hold space for her child as she is rather than who she needs to be. So I'm sharing that with you so that you know it's not a criticism, it's not a slight or a failing on the part of the parent, it is that it's an impossible task to completely meet the needs of another person. And so I want to emphasise that A, it's impossible for us to do as human beings, and B, we have another layer of systemic stuff. And the systemic stuff means it's inevitable that our parents are in this position because they themselves had needs that were unmet when they were children. And that means that their parents had needs that weren't fully met when they were children. And then add the fact that people, many people, age 35 plus, were invariably brought up by parents who are likely to have been brought up with notions around being seen and not heard, not making a fuss, things like sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You can see that our parents and their parents were not equipped with a level of emotional containment that would teach them the art of emotional attunement. A lot of our parents and their parents and their parents were brought up on survival. The things we know about emotional intelligence and etc. now are things that weren't commonly known previously. And then there are further layers to this due to things like the stress of racial discrimination, misogyny and final, um, financial stress. So all of these create never ending layers that contribute to a system that creates huge difficulty for needs to be met. And I share this to emphasize that emotional neglect is far more common than we acknowledge culturally because it is a systemic issue rather than being limited to an individual one. It's not about, you know, when I'm talking about the mother wound, I'm not talking about cruel mothers per se. I'm talking about people who exist in a vacuum of systemic neglect and the way in which we internalize our system and then we project that into our lives. And to heal this, we must do our individual work and mother ourselves as it will help us develop the awareness and emotional capacity necessary to challenge ourselves and the system of neglect or be courageous enough to birth something new. Do you know what I did there? 
But I'm, I'm saying that because I don't want this to seem like gaslighting. A lot of self-help and personal development tries to hold us individually and personally responsible for things that are systemic. And we have to be able to separate ourselves from the systems at play so that we can give them the appropriate amount of responsibility. And simultaneously, we need to recognize that we also uphold the system. And if we can start to look at creative ways that we can not uphold the toxic, neglectful parts of um, the system in which we live, that system will begin to crumble and we can focus on creating something else, birthing something new. So uh, what does the, how does the mother wound impact personal growth? Well, it can impact personal growth in many ways, including negative self-image. A person with a mother wound may struggle with feelings of shame, shame is a big one, guilt or unworthiness, which can undermine confidence and self-esteem. It can also manifest as difficulty with boundaries. People with a mother wound may have difficulty setting healthy boundaries with others as they may have learned to suppress their own needs and emotions to please their mother or avoid conflict. And that then just shapes who you are and how you are. Uh, the mother wound can also manifest in codependency. A person with a mother wound may develop a pattern of seeking approval and validation from others, especially authority figures, to compensate for the lack of emotional support and validation from their mother. And just think, you know, we have to be real. We have to face facts. In a coaching relationship, regardless of what we do, because the coach is holding space for individuals and groups of people, there is a power dynamic there that can unconsciously put you in a position of authority. And in that coaching relationship, it's all too easy if you're not mindful for people to project um, onto you the hopes, aspirations, dreams and things they wanted from their mothers. And you can unconsciously be put in a mother-child, parent-child dynamic, which is impossible to fulfill. And for you as a coach can be very burdensome. It means that you're not actually able to really coach because underneath the um, partnership, you know, coaching is a partnership. Underneath the partnership that you're trying to create, there's a person who is unconsciously projecting their unmet needs onto you and seeking you to fulfill those needs, which undermines the coaching relationship. Um, it can also manifest as intimacy issues. A person with a mother wound may have difficulty forming and maintaining healthy relationships as they may fear abandonment, rejection or engulfment based on their previous experiences with their mother. So in coaching relationships, that can manifest as people kind of putting you on a pedestal and taking you off. Uh, simultaneously because they're scared that they're going to give you their power and you're going to be in a position to take their power away, withhold their power or give it to them at will because these are some of the things that happened in the mother-child relationship. It can also create um, self-sabotage. A person with a mother wound may unconsciously Note, unconsciously, these are all very unconscious behaviours, they can unconsciously repeat self-destructive patterns or behaviours that mirror their mothers, as they probably internalised their mother's negative beliefs or coping mechanisms. So I'll share um, something I experienced um, personally. My mother 
had very big dreams, aspirations, and things she wanted to fulfill her for herself. And that meant she had to really battle. She's a black woman. She um, comes from another country. She had experienced lots of racial discrimination and lots of discrimination based on her gender. So for her to be able to make the stride she wanted to, she had to really exert herself and overwork. And, you know, the, things haven't changed that much. There are still similarities, but I unconsciously absorbed a message that the only way to be successful, the only way to create your dreams, your aspirations and fulfill your goals was to overwork, was to constantly work and was to constantly prove yourself. And I took that on board as normal. So I internalized her experience as what normal is point blank, full stop, because I wasn't old enough and I wasn't emotionally mature enough to realise that was a trauma response, that was a coping mechanism, that was an adaptation my mum had to make in order to create the life she wanted to create. Now don't get me wrong, those things still exist, but what I have learnt is when I realised I was internalising that stuff, is that I don't need to expend myself in the same way my mother did. Even things like the internet and the access to education, tools and resources I had because of the internet make things easier for me than they were for my mother. So I've given that as an um, example of how we uh, internalise the experience of our mothers, parents, caregivers, the adults around us basically. So that's a lot, and that may have brought up all kinds of things, but that's not a full stop. I often talk about, um, we sometimes, well not sometimes, because of our negativity bias, we have a tendency to um, overemphasize post-traumatic stress and the disorders it can create, but there's also post-traumatic growth. The wounds um, that have impacted us can also be a source of growth and healing. You know, uh, I love strength training. I um, um, go I go to the gym on a regular basis. I'm working with the lovely Lucy Dunn, Lean Living with Lucy on Instagram to build strength, build muscle and uh, increase my energy levels. And in order for your muscles to grow, they need to tear. So part of like strength training, part of the reason you get like DOMS, delayed onset muscle um, soreness, is because you're actually, when people talk about shredding, you're actually shredding your muscles. You're actually causing wounds because those wounds support growth. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying that because it is possible to grow. It's possible to grow to higher heights because of those experiences you've had. We don't always have to learn and grow through wounds, but the reality is a lot of our growing and learning happens via wounding we've experienced. So healing from the mother wound can be challenging. Let's keep it real. Sometimes it can be bloody harrowing. And it can be really challenging because it's an ongoing process. There's no finite destination. Well, I guess death 
is a finite destination, but it's not something that I, re I remember when I had my membership group a few years ago, somebody was really frustrated because they said, I've healed from this. I don't know why this is coming up. And I had to point out that healing is an ongoing journey. We are constantly going to come up against things that test how much we've healed. We're constantly going to be triggered and all of those sorts of things. But we can develop tools and skills, we can have coaching, we can have therapy, we can do all sorts of things that enables us to be resourced and resourceful. So again, healing from the mother wound is challenging, it's an ongoing process, but it's also necessary um, to engage in this healing for us to step towards reclaiming our sense of self and becoming more empowered and fulfilled in our lives. So here are some strategies that may help you if any of this um, resonates with you and you want to do some work, you want to take some steps towards the ongoing journey of healing your mother wound. So first of all, you have to acknowledge the wound. Avoidance is not an effective strategy. And the reality is a lot of people who are impacted by the mother wound can um, have anxious and or avoidant attachment styles. Anxiousness and avoidance is not a strategy. It's a reality, but it's not a strategy. So you've got to acknowledge the wound. You've got to acknowledge the pain and the trauma of the mother wound, and you've got to be able to validate your own emotions and experiences. And that can be really hard because part and parcel of the mother wound is that you're, um, you weren't validated and uh, your emotions and experiences were often played down or discounted. For example, oh, you haven't hurt yourself. Be brave, even though you've got a gaping wound and someone trying to put a cold compress on it. So it's about taking a leap of faith and experimenting because you probably haven't had a role model for it. Mother wound stuff can also bring up perfectionism and you can feel like you're doing things wrong, but you have to be willing to try and test things. So but in order to try and test, you need to acknowledge the wound in the first place. And because this is uncharted territory, sometimes you need to seek support. You know, Human beings, we're the most pro-social creatures on this planet. We're not designed to do life alone. We live in a system that really places too much emphasis on individuality, and we're not designed to be individuals like that. We're designed to be individuals in relationship with other people. So seeking support can be very helpful. And I'm not talking about like what I, I'm not even going to go into what I'm not talking about. I'm talking about seeking support from somebody who is experienced and qualified to be able to support you. Somebody who can be objective and view you as you are, not as how they thought you were or how they think you should be. So I'm talking about things like support from a therapist or a coach or a support group that specializes in this type of work because they can provide a brave and compassionate space for you to explore and process your feelings without projecting who they think you should be based on who you have been. And that is huge. Practicing self-care is a really essential way for you to begin to heal your mother wound. And I'm not just talking about the lovely things like bubble baths and massages. That's really great. But I'm also talking about taking care of yourself physically, emotionally and spiritually, helping you build resilience and self-love. So it's talking about things like part of me going to the gym is part of my 
um, healing journey. It's a healthy way for you to release stress, committing to going to the gym, for example, um, however many times a week and doing it is validating yourself, is backing yourself, it's showing yourself you're a person of your word and it's treating yourself with respect. And that can be um, transferred into many other places. Um, emotionally supporting yourself is by having the boundaries you need to have and knowing that your boundaries are for you in the first instance. It's for you to uphold your boundaries. If you're upholding your boundaries, it's much harder for other people to trample over your boundaries. And when you're upholding your boundaries, when you're doing that deep emotional work of upholding your boundaries, when you can see that somebody cannot tolerate your boundaries, you then put yourself in the position of making a powerful choice about how you engage it with that that person and if it is emotionally safe for you to continue to engage with that person at all. Working with yourself emotionally and uh, providing yourself with the emotional containment you need is one of the biggest acts of healing the mother wound of your healing journey because you're telling yourself that you are important and that your emotions matter. Emotions aren't fact but they are real and they need, the, they need you to be in a position where you can take care of them. Um, I was going to start talking about um, unmet needs and um, how that contributes to our emotional well-being, but I will actually save that for another episode because this will be too long. And then, you know, your spirituality, having a belief in something that is bigger, more powerful, more loving, more gracious, more kind than you are, can be a really beautiful source of self-care support because it helps you feel less alone, especially when you don't have the people around you that can hold space for the things that are emerging through you that you haven't been able to face previously. Uh, so that's really, really important. And healing the mother wound, I've, I touched on um, healthy boundaries, but having, learning what your emotional landscape is and therefore being able to understand what your boundaries need to be means that you're able to hold space for yourself and limit, not um, eradicate, but limit the likelihood of you being re-traumatized and unhealthily triggered by other people. And I say unhealthily triggered because not all triggering is bad. Sometimes people activate things within us and it is helpful for us because we are um, alerted to things that are hidden in plain sight and um, that being alerted to them gives us the opportunity to work on those things, to hold space for those things, to be compassionate about those things, etc. Um, and that leads on to the next thing, practicing self-compassion. Learning to treat yourself with kindness is a game changer, especially as the mother wound creates a pattern of blaming, shaming and judging ourselves really harshly. That learning to treat yourself with kindness helps you to become more understanding and more forgiving so you can heal the wounds of your past and cultivate a more positive and empowering, like embody a much more kind, graceful and empathetic way of being in your present that then creates a future of a lot more loving kindness. 
Um, something I highly recommend uh, for that is um, Ho'oponopono practice. And I will um, put a, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to put a link. You can Google Ho'oponopono, Ho'oponopono, Pono. You can Google it and uh, do some research for yourself. But these are a few ways you can help yourself to begin to heal that mother wound. And, you know, again, mother wound is an ongoing journey. And because my work centers on supporting entrepreneurs, values-driven entrepreneurs to uh, create more pleasure, more peace, more profit in their business, um, cause I'm just fascinated by the way we work. I think it really ravages our life force energy. I'm going to touch on some ways the mother wound can manifest in business. And it is going to be a bit of repetition from what was before, but I just want to, you know, labor the point. I want to bring it on home. So in business, it can manifest in various ways, including difficulty setting boundaries. So women with mother wounds may struggle to set boundaries with their clients or colleagues, leading to overworking and taking on too much responsibility. I see this. I have coaching clients who are in bits because they're working harder than their clients are. I have clients who are so invested in the results their clients get because they have an unconscious belief that their clients' results um, are what proves their worth, which is not always the case, that they can become riddled with shame, with guilt, with self-doubt if clients aren't getting the results they believe the client should be getting. And it means that you um, there's a bit of a rupture in the relationship with the client in front of you because you're projecting your unmet needs onto that client and wanting them to fulfill them. Your goals, your aspirations, um, the potential you see in your client isn't necessarily the same as their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, and the potential they see within themselves. And as a coach, as a mentor, it is your responsibility to hold space for the client as they are rather than as you want them to be because it meets your sense of self. It's a separate thing. In business, it can also manifest as what we call imposter syndrome. Women with mother wounds may feel like they're not good enough or do not deserve success, leading to self-doubt and uh, questioning yourself. And I see this when women come into coaching with me and have these really big dreams and aspirations. And as we get down to the practical element of the work where they're going to need to take action, they're going to have to be open and vocal about who they are, what they stand for, the type of work they do, the results they offer with their work and um, sell, promote, market. Then all those feelings of not good enough and not being worthy of success can creep in. And those beliefs, regardless of what you think, those unconscious beliefs will almost deter always determine your outcomes because we manifest from our beliefs. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing nervous system work, work to befriend and soothe your nervous system, because your nervous system is the foundation for who you are, what you do and what you believe in. If you can learn to befriend your nervous system, understand what you need to regulate your nervous system and create 
um, a nervous system that is has a wider window of tolerance, that has a bigger capacity for all of life, that will then have an impact on your beliefs, what you believe about yourself, about what you believe is possible for you, about what you believe is possible with your life. And that will very quickly um, dismantle imposter syndrome because you're going to build a level of competence that means you don't have to rely on confidence because when you're competent, you can deliver and do what you need to do even when you're nervous. When you rely on confidence, when you're nervous, confidence goes out of the window. Um, and yeah, fear of success, especially when you've come from a background that includes a lot of blame and shame and perfection, can mean that you have all of these unconscious rules and beliefs about who you need to be and what you need to do to um, like grind for success. And that means things that come naturally to you or skills you've developed over a long period of time. So you now take for granted because you're able to do that from a place of joy, from a place of peace, from a place that feels like it's ease. And because you've put the work in over such a long period of time, if you have a belief that you need to really grind for everything, you can believe that you're not worthy of success if success comes easily because you're forgetting that even if things come naturally, you're still expending a lot of energy to deliver those things. You forget that even if a skill you have acquired is now laser sharp, you're focusing on where you are now, forgetting all of the training, all of the experiences, all of the things you have done in partnership with yourself, with your life to develop those skills so you can undermine them, which causes imposter syndrome. Um, and also women with mother wounds can struggle with leadership. My goodness, I've had so many experiences where women have become tearful when we've discussed what they believe about leadership and power, because what is role modeled for us within leadership and power is coercive and dominant and is not healthy. But there are many forms of leadership. There are many forms of power that are a lot more supportive, nourishing and egalitarian than what we have um, seen. And because what we sit, because we internalize what I talked about earlier on, we internalize systems and we internalize what has been shared by our authority figures over and over again. We can then internalize a fear of leadership and of sharing our power and owning our power because we're worried about being bossy, demanding, showing off having ideas above our station, not being qualified to be able to be powerful or demonstrate leadership skills. And all of these things undermine you in your capacity as a business owner, because as a business owner, you are a leader. It's not negotiable. It's not something we can play around with or hide from. And the more you're able to own that, the much more well-equipped you will be to be a powerful leader that inspires people, that is an effective role model. And when you're doing all of those things from that place of trusting your power, of owning your leadership, you're also building self-trust, which contributes to self-belief, which again reduces the likelihood of imposter syndrome. Also, Women with mother wounds can feel the pressure to be perfect in their work and can struggle with criticism and failure. We are all going to quote unquote fail. We are all going to make mistakes. None of us are beyond criticism. 
But when you are able to use those strategies I talked about earlier and get support to heal your mother wound, you are going to be able to have the capacity to be more objective with criticism and your experiences of mistakes, mishaps, things not going the way you wanted and failure because it's not going to be a determining factor. When you are um, in embodying leadership qualities, when you know how powerful you are, you are then be you are then able to take on board criticism and learn from your mistakes from a place of discernment. I've had incidents where I have unknowingly said something or behaved in a way that has ruptured the relationship with my clients. And either they have shared that with me or I have observed that. They haven't be, even been aware because we're so emotionally malnourished. Sometimes we don't eat, we're not even aware where there, when there's been a rupture. And because I have a bigger capacity, because I um, am so much better at owning my leadership qualities and my power, I am very open to meeting with people to repair that rupture. And every time I've done this, it has been a really nourishing experience for the person because they've been respected, they've been seen, they've been heard, they've been nourished, and um, they have been validated. Their emotional experience has been... Um, tended to. And also within that, within those leadership skills, knowing my power, it means I can be discerning. So when people are trying to project their unmet need on me, I am able to um, not take that on board like it's my responsibility. I have lots of incidents where um, because I'm quite magnetic, because I've got quite nurturing motherly energy, people can project their unmet needs from their mother-child relationship onto me. And I can be discerning enough to be able to be very clear about what belongs to me and the coaching relationship and what doesn't belong to me so that I don't fall into the pattern of being a martyr and um, being held responsible for all the ills people have experienced that they're projecting onto me. So it really helps you be boundaried and clear so you can show up powerfully without martyring yourself, or as I like to say, without mugging yourself off. Because healing the mother wound not only means you are in a much healthier energetic space to be able to hold space for the people you work with, for the people you're in relationship with, for your own family, for your partners, for your friends, etc. It also help, helps put you in a space where you're making sure that you're not putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be re-wounded and have to hold on that, hold on to that and have nowhere to take it. So those things, you know, this work is so deep and it is so um, has such a huge impact. If you're somebody that has struggled with um, creating strategy, implementing strategy, and seeing those sorts of things through, I would hazard a guess that it's much, much less about the strategy and it's much more about who you believe yourself to be that is impacting your ability to follow through with that strategy because strategy is boundaries. And if you're somebody that has a mother wound and has codependency patterns, boundaries feels like a huge threat. Like boundaries can make codependent people with a mother wound, it can literally feel like you're going to die. And those things 
will really have a disruptive impact on any strategic growth work you're trying to do personally or within your bills within your business and all of that leads to huge um, self-sabotage and you know coming from a somatic perspective I would say that self-sabotage is much more about protecting yourself because you're protecting yourself from the risk of doing something and standing out and being shamed being blamed making making a mistake the possibility of people not liking you because you're trying to protect yourself from the possibility of something that is going to wound you in a similar way to what happened in a mother-child dynamic where you weren't validated, where your emotions were dismissed and, you know, frankly, you were made to feel like you or the experiences created a pattern where you felt that you were not important. So to overcome the impact of a mother wound in business, it's important for women to recognize and address the underlying emotional issues that are holding them back. The underlying emotional issues that make you think you need to be protected from growth, from making changes, from having boundaries, from having prices that reflect the value of your work, from being able to pivot in your business, um, from being able to be choosy about the people you work with, etc. So this will involve things like working on self-care and self-compassion, uh, developing healthy coping mechanisms for stress and anxiety. And depending on your needs, it may require therapy with a licensed psychologist or therapist, psychotherapist. And I mean someone who is registered with the British Association for Counseling Psych and Psychotherapy or the equivalent where you live. Sometimes I've worked with people and have suggested that they... Um, go to, they uh, seek therapeutic support so they can make better use of the coaching because I can see they're trying to use the coaching relationship as therapy and they will do everything but go to a um, licensed therapist. They will go to a um, shamanic healer, somebody that does past life regression and all of those things have a place. But when you're doing that on top of really deep emotional wounds those things can activate those wounds and be very unhealthy or they can work to suppress those wounds. Um, they can become a part of spiritual bypassing. So it's really important that you have appropriate support that's going to help you explore and make sense of those things um, so that you can do that looking at the past and how it's impacting your present so that in the coaching relationship you're able to look at your present and work with your present to create the future you want. Coaching can be a really impactful um, modality for helping you do the work of the ongoing healing of your mother wound for various reasons. Uh, coaching helps validate your experiences. In the coaching relationship, you're provided with a brave, no, I say brave rather than safe because no one can guarantee your emotional safety. We don't know what's going on in your inner world. There's a lot of unconscious things you're not aware of, but coaching can provide a space where you can be brave enough to share things and you're met in a non-judgmental space so that you can really explore those thoughts and feelings. It's a space where you're encouraged to big yourself up, to go off, to do things that we would normally consider to be showing off, because all of those things are going to really support your growth and your expansion. A coach can listen empathetically and validate your experiences, validating the experiences of the mother wound, which can help you feel seen and heard. 
And just that act of feeling seen and heard is incredibly healing. Working with a coach that is able to support you with your mother wound can help you to identify protective patterns, aka limiting beliefs, and um, it can help you dismantle those limiting beliefs, those protective patterns, so that you can be helped to reach your full potential. A coach can help you to identify these protective patterns and work through them and create a more empowering mindset, help you to embody empowering beliefs and your uh, beliefs, the beliefs that you embody shape your mindset. Polyvagal theory teaches us that your story follows your state. Your physical um, state creates your story, the narrative you tell about yourself. So a coaching relationship can help you embody the behaviours, the patterns, the beliefs that shape an empowering mindset. A coaching relationship can help you build self-confidence because, you know, the mother wound impacts your confidence in many different ways. And um, a coach can help you build, acquire and uh, find the tools and resources within yourself for positive self-esteem, to develop a stronger sense of self-worth. And these things are crucial for success in business, especially as business can be a helter-skelter we can experience a lot of rejection. So developing self-confidence and high self-trust, high self-worth can help us be resilient in relation to the uh, rejection and setbacks we will inevitably experience, inevitably experience as entrepreneurs. And the coaching relationship can also help you develop healthy relationships. The mother wound can impact your ability to form healthy relationships. There's a lot of codependence and people pleasing that arises out of the mother wound. And coaching can help you learn how to communicate effectively, set boundaries and build meaningful connections with others. Stepping away from transactional relationships where you're constantly trying to prove yourself, actually learning how to create meaningful relationships with others because you have a high sense of self-worth and self-trust. And also... One of the, you know, really great things about coaching is it's a space where you're supported to clarify your goals and your visions. Entrepreneurs impacted by the mother wound can often struggle to find their purpose or clarify their goals. I'll talk about that in another podcast, but I just want to say that that mother wound and that fear of failure and being let down and people not responding in the way you want them to can really create a environment where you're afraid to set goals and you're afraid to have clarity because underneath there is a really deep fear of rejection and failure. And when you have that mother wound, rejection and failure can become self-determining factors rather than experiences that are part and parcel of life. So working with a coach can help you develop a clear vision for your business that aligns with your values and your strengths and can help you work with yourself so that you can um, understand that the fear, the um, feelings of rejection and patterns from the past will arise, but you have the ability to preempt those things and put things in place. So, you know, coaching can provide support, validation, guidance, and those things 
that help you feel seen and heard so that you can become more confident, more competent, assertive and successful in your business. And this will have a direct impact on your life too. It's, it's all an ecosystem. It all contributes. Who you are personally contributes to who you are professionally and who you are professionally contributes to who you are personally. And, you know, this is the level of work I offer in my coaching programs. And as someone with a background in social work, I have expert knowledge about the ways our unmet needs and neglect undermine our quality of life and our ability to reach our goals. You know, neglect can create chaotic coping mechanisms that can look like chaotic scrappy work dressed as being busy because we don't know what it is to experience peace. My goodness, the people I work with who are used to the false sense of being busy and productive, which is actually like chaotic and scrappy work, some of the biggest work we do is build their capacity so they understand that they can slow down have more peace, more pleasure, and create more profit and have more of an impact. That scrappy, busy work makes you think you're doing something because you've learned to prove your worth with grinding. So creating systems and structures that have space for peace can feel like a real threat to a nervous system that is um, used to the intensity of chaos. But once we can work through that, and you can find ways to work with your body, you know, the body keeps the score after all, which is why I really love a somatic approach. Once we can do the work to work through that, people are much more able to create systems that allow them to slow the fuck down and be a mu much more planned and measured in their work. And once they're able to do that, they're able to see that being more strategic, more planned, more measured in their work actually creates more space for freedom. And the freedom they think they're getting in that chaos, they soon recognise it for what it is, and they're then able to have the freedom of creating a much more stable recurring income that gives them the financial stability they need to then start to create exciting things that bring more um, joy, fun and um, spontaneity to their business without undermining their bottom line. One of the ways you can experience this work is in my Thrive, Flourish and Prosper Mastermind, which is a really expansive, very supportive six-month experience for values-driven women in business who want to experience more peace, more pleasure and more profit without sacrificing their values, compromising their integrity or depleting their energy. It is a experience for women who want to move away from being obsessed with their work and their work dominating their whole lives to creating a workflow system that enables them to live more. No more living to work. This is about creating work that is spacious enough to support how you want to live. So I've got some spaces available for the right people. And I say the right people because you need to be ready to hold yourself to a higher standard. You need to be ready to develop healthy boundaries and put them in place, to take action, imperfect action, to be messy, to try things out, to experiment. You need to be ready to let go of perfection so that you can focus on making progress. They're not the same things. You cannot make progress while 
faster in the pursuit of perfection because perfection is like kryptonite to progress. This is for people who are ready to develop a level of self-mastery that enables them to heal their wounds and take the action necessary to create a thriving business ecosystem. It's six months of high-touch support, powerful coaching, impactful resources, cheerleading, and life-affirming experiences to transform how you see yourself. It is a space to support your personal expansion and grow your business. This is for people who want to experience more fun, more joy, more profit, more impact, more sensuality, more pleasure, who want to really create a space where they can enjoy their work, not be defined by it, and remember that their work is something they do to support living a good life. This is for people who want to be, who want to liberate themselves from the tyranny of overworking and toxic productivity. It's for people who want to tend to their unmet needs so they can emancipate their business from their unmet needs so their business can be a powerful source for good, so their work endeavors can be a source of joy and satisfaction for them as well as their customers, their clients, their community, etc. If that sounds like you, click the link, check out the information, book a call with me, Let's get this on and popping. I will be delighted to partner with you to help you to create the results you want, to live life on your terms. It would be a supreme pleasure for me to partner with you on that. It is your time and you are ready. And our partnership is gonna help you feel competent and courageous enough to shut this shit down. Okay, that's it from now. Take good care. I hope I see you on a Zoom call where we're discussing all of the magic and wonder we could create in partnership so that you can take that into your business, into your life, and bloody well enjoy it. Okay, I'm, I'm gone now for real. Bye.